0: in the old junk band (laughs) only a few of you are old enough to know what I'm talking about there I'm so old anyway all right we're going to be in Acts chapter one we've been talking about the filling of the Holy Spirit and what it looks like to have the Holy Spirit in your life and so this morning I wanted to just go back to what Jesus commands and we're going to talk just a little bit about this Uh, let's all stand in honor of God's word this morning I'm going to read the first nine verses here. Acts chapter one, verses one through nine. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven. After going, uh, after going instruction the day he was taken up into heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this commandment. Now remember this. This is a command, all right? It's not a suggestion. It's a command. Do not leave Jerusalem... But wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he's saying here there's two different things. There's this baptism and there's this baptism. So when they met, met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he had said this, he was taken up before their eyes, their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from, hid him from their sight. Let's pray. Lord, as we go to your word this morning, Father, help us to hear what you say to us. And help us to understand what the Holy Spirit is, is needing to do in our lives and what you have uh, put before us as being your, your church, Lord, this morning. As we've just heard these songs about what the church is. Father, today you have very specific instructions as to what we're supposed to be and what has to happen before we will be, ever, ever be able to do that. And so, Lord, today I pray that you would help us to believe today that your word is true and that the things you talk about can happen in our lives. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And as we read in here, in, chapter, in verse 4, it says that Jesus gave a command to his di- disciples. He says, he says, go to Jerusalem and wait for what God has for you. He commanded them. Now, command is a pretty powerful word. It doesn't mean that it's a suggestion or he didn't encourage them for this he didn't ask them politely for this to happen in our life he said this has got to happen in your life this is what needs to happen in your life so if he commands his followers here that this is what's supposed to happen in our life don't you think that he wants this also to happen in our life he commands this for our lives as well he commands us To walk this same path that he had his disciples to walk he seeks for us to be filled with the same spirit that they were going to be filled with and jesus is telling his disciples then and now that uh that he has something more for them he doesn't just want them to listen to uh you know he was telling his disciples that there was more to following him than what they had had before It wasn't just listening to him preach. It wasn't just repenting of sin. It wasn't just following him through the countryside. He's saying that he seeks for his followers to come to this place. And if you read in the Amplified Bible, it says immersed in, to be immersed and filled with the Holy Spirit. And and I've told you this before, and and this is the best way that I can come up with to tell the story uh, about this. But uh, Jesus is talking about two acts of faith, uh, two acts of grace that happens. And there's two things he mentions here. He mentions one, the repentance, the, the baptism of John the Baptist. And the baptism of John the Baptist was a baptism of repentance. He's talking about coming to the place of salvation, this place where we repent of our sin, where we hate what we're doing, where we hate it so bad, we have a change of mind, a change of heart, a change of action. Repentance is hard. People think that repentance is very easy. That is not what John preached. That's not what Jesus preached. Jesus preached that repentance was hard. John preached that repentance was hard. It's a change of mind. I I don't like what I'm doing. A change of heart. I hate what I'm doing. A change of action. I'm not going to do this anymore. And Jesus said and John said it is only at the time of repentance that this change comes on us. And so Jesus says, many of you have been baptized into this baptism, this baptism of repentance, this place where we come to the place, I have a change of mind, I have a change of heart, I have a change of action. God comes in and changes me. I'm brought into a right place with him. I am justified. I am made right. But then Jesus goes on to say, but later, so there's a distinct difference here, but you will receive power no, see, where's that? He says, for John baptized with water, but he's not saying that that's not real, but he says there's something more. In a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so he's very clear. There's two baptisms here. There's one is repentance, and one is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I've told you this story before, but I'm telling you, this is the best way, and I'm, I'm finding out that it's okay to repeat yourself. The Bible repeats itself over and over and over again. And maybe there's some of you who haven't seen this before. And so I'm going to cho- cho- show you the, the complete, the difference in the second baptism that he's talking about. The baptism of the first was talking about he, that, that word, that Greek word that, he talk, that he's talking about with John's baptism. is talking about a washing. It's a washing baptism. The second baptism... And I don't know exactly what the Greek word is, but I know what the meaning is. And it goes back to a Greek word meaning pickling. It's literally a pickling. And we're in the pickling season. My neighbor came over the other day, and he brought a whole bunch of corn. And it was peaches and cream corn. And I said, brother, I love you. I love you. And I sat down, and I ate most all of that by myself. I went through that thing like a John Deere combine. I mean, just and then my neighbor called me that brought me the, the corn and he said, Hey, I got a five gallon bucket of cucumbers. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I mean, the phone just went, I went, good. <laughs> you want some cucumbers? No, I don't want any. Cu- oh, I got, I got cucumbers all over the place. You know why? Because nobody likes cucumbers. No, people like cucumbers. But then you got this cucumber. And you know, and if you know anything about cucumbers, in which I really don't, but if you know anything about cucumbers, they don't have a whole gob of taste just by themselves. They're really not that great. And uh, I mean, you put them on salad and stuff, but it's salad, so you know it doesn't have to be that good. But it's salad. And so here's what they do. They they. I, and I remember when I was a kid, my mom would wash, would wash the cucumbers, you know, and then and then you have this. You have this sliced, all right? So th- like this, just like this, you know, it's washed and it's clean. But it ain't got a whole lot of... Oh. <laughs> That's terrible. But if you take this thing here and put it in a brine... it's the same thing see what I'm saying oh I'm going to make a mess <laughs> look at here this was the same thing at one time this was this and they put it in this and not only did it sit there but it soaked it up see it's a whole different color it's a whole different color and this word that Jesus says is, is it means pickling and the flavor is whole, completely different it's completely different the smell is different The flavor is different it's really good actually (laughs) i already eat a bunch of them but something's changed and jesus says this is what's going to happen to you you have been you've been cleaned you've been cleaned that's the baptism of john that's the baptism of john but this thing that i'm talking about is completely different I'm going to put you in this. I'm going to place you and I want you to think of this, this stink, this brine, this brine. I have got that all over me. This really didn't work out right at all. I'm going to stink like pickles all day long. Will you? What's wrong with you, woman? Go this brine we need to think of that as the Holy Spirit and he places us and he he says you know we think about oh I just want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and we do that and we want that but literally what Jesus is talking about here is not just so much not even just being filled with the Holy Spirit because he does fill us and he fills us at different different times but he says I want to place you in this and keep you in this to where you soak up every bit of the Holy Spirit to where all there is is the Holy Spirit. You don't taste that nasty cucumber anymore. It's become something different. You don't look at this and go, oh, cucumbers. and We look at this and go, pickles. We don't look at it the same. And God seeks to so soak up into us, to so be inside us, that it completely changes us to where people don't look at us the same and go, oh, I remember how it used to be. We're, We're not cucumber anymore, we're pickle. We're pickle. And God seeks to do this. And I know that I have preached this same thing, but I'm telling you, that's the best way I know to make it known to you as to what God is seeking for us here. And he says that I seek to do this in you, to be filled with myself, to be pickled in me, but for what? This morning, Cindy put on the Facebook filled for what why are we filled for why does god want to do that just for funsies no god has a purpose for that what is what is his plan that he has for us and he's written it out for us and he says here he says i seek for you to be a witness he says he says you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you when you are pickled in me when you are filled with me then you will be my witness now, lots of times we think of witness as someone, well, i got to go witness. I mean, back in the whenever, they did a lot of, you know, how do I be a witness? How do I be a witness? And I'm not, I'm not against any of those things. But when we think of witness, we say, oh, you need to go witness to somebody. And we are like, oh, okay, i got to go knock on somebody's door. You know? Uh, you know, I love Jesus, and you need to love Jesus. You know, something like that. And that's fine. But if you look... At the word witness. And he doesn't say for us to witness. He says to be a witness. He says this is what you're going to be. This is going to be your being. This is how you're going to live. It's not, it's not something you do. It's something that you are. And if you look at it, if you, I looked it up in the Google. And it, said to have, it says that witness, witness has two meanings. To have knowledge of an event from personal observation or experience. And that's one of what a witness is to have knowledge of an event so that means I look at something and I can look at it and I can say this is what happened so like if I if there was a car wreck I could look at it and I say this is what happened I could tell the officer this is what happened or if I witnessed something I could say this is what happened but there's a second definition which would go along with being a witness and this says the second definition is to show that something exists or is true. It says that a witness is to show that something exists or is true, and lots of people think that Christianity is this telling what has happened, and that is fine, and that is good, and we want to do that. We want to encourage that, and we—I'm sure—we do not do that enough, and uh, and and we're to tell tell what has happened in us. But I have a question for you this morning. Has anything happened in you? If you're going to tell what has happened in you, something has to have happened in you. In order for you to have a story to tell, something has had to have happened Has Jesus changed you? Has Jesus changed the way you look at life? Has Jesus infilled you to where you look at things different, to where you look at your family different, you look at uh, your job different, where you look at everything different? Ask yourself, have I really allowed God's Spirit to do what it wants to in me so that I can have a story of change? And I may be wrong here, but the disciples spoke and they preached and they shared with people and they gave witness of Jesus, and they needed to, and we need to, and 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 it's and we need to tell what Jesus has done. But the Holy Spirit gives us power to not only tell what has done, but tell what He has done, but to live out to where our lives show that He is real. And I believe that that's what the witness is. He's talking about here. He seeks for us. He wants us to tell. He wants us to tell, but he seeks more for us to show that something is, the second part, that second definition is to show something exists or is true. We are to be. We are to bear witness. Our life is to show that what we talk about is true, that what we talk about exists. We talk about the Holy Spirit's power over sin. We read the Bible, and the Bible says the Holy Spirit can give us power over sin—that I don't have to keep on sinning. That my life should, my life should bear witness that I don't have to keep on sinning. My life should bear witness that I have uh, uh, victory over sin that I used to deal with. Some of you have had addictions, and you have lived a life in addiction, and now your life bears witness that Christ can come inside and I don't have to keep doing that thing that held me for so long some of you know exactly what I'm talking about there's something in your life you had a sin or you had something in your life that held you and you were enslaved to that and you came with repentance and then God's Holy Spirit empowered you to walk from that and to leave that behind and your life bears witness to the power of jesus christ in it and god says that that's what he's wanting to do in our lives to show that hey i don't have to stay there i don't have to keep doing those things that hold me i don't have to keep talking the way that i used to talk i don't have to keep acting the way that i used to act i don't have to keep gossiping like i used to i don't have to keep Whatever it is, or drugs, or whatever, or lying, or cheating, or lusting, or whatever it is. I don't have to keep doing it. And our life is to bear witness to that fact. To bear witness to what we say that the Word says is true. We say we agree with this. But does our life witness to that fact? Does the world believe that sin can be defeated by watching me, by watching us? Or does the world look at us and say, well, you really don't live much different than the rest of us. You say that we're not supposed to do this, but yet when I see you, your life bears witness to something else. Does the world believe that sin can be defeated by watching you? We need to be honest this morning. We say we believe but do we live like everyone else does we go to church but does our life show that the word of god is true if you go to john chapter 18 verse 37 jesus is standing before pilate this is one of my favorite verses in all of scripture it became more real to me this week than ever before jesus told pilate that the reason he came to earth He said, the reason I was born, the reason I was born, his his whole reason for being was to bear witness to the truth. He says, the reason I came here was to bear witness that something exists beyond me. That people could look at my life and say, because I see this here, I know that there's something that exists beyond this person. I know that God exists because I see the way this person lived. Jesus showed that God exists and that God was true. His life showed and proved that God existed. And he calls us to do the same thing. If that's what Jesus was called to do, then that's what we were called to do. And Jesus said, I can do nothing without the Father. He, was doing, he said, I can do nothing without the power of the Holy Spirit. He seeks that. He sought that in his life. He seeks that in our lives as well. And that's the reason you've been reborn. That's the reason at, at, uh, at your time of repentance, you were cleaned and made whole. And the reason you were made whole and clean was so that you would be ready to have the Holy Spirit placed within you. And the Holy Spirit is placed within you to show that God exists. Do you understand that? Jesus is standing before Pilate and said, The only reason I'm here, the only reason I was placed on this earth, the only reason I was born, was to bear witness and to show that God exists. That people could look at my life and say, There is a God. There is something beyond this and he asks us listen to me this morning church listen to me he asks us to do the same he asks us that people could watch our life and say you know there really is a God there really is something beyond this if would would anyone I'm going to ask you this morning would anyone know that God exists by following you around If you are born again, you are born to bear witness to the truth, to tell it, yes, but to more importantly show it, to be it, to live it, the way you love others, the way you treat your family, the way you do business, the way you treat those you love, the way you talk about people, does it show a real God exists and that that He is true? You can be filled, but for what? We are filled to show that God exists. I want to ask you this morning are you doing that? We live in a world that people are losing hope. They look around, and I'll tell you what, if you watch TV or listen to the radio, there doesn't seem like there's much hope. And people are losing hope, they don't believe that God is real. They don't believe the truth of God. And the reason they don't believe is because they don't see it anywhere. They're not seeing it in the lives of people. People saw Jesus and believed that God existed. Our life should proclaim there is a God. He does exist. I'm different. I'm changed. God has changed me. And there is a God. It should be like if you ever watch a diet commercial, you ever watch these diet pill commercials? Always got a fat guy that looks like me. I'm always the before picture. I'm never the after picture. I'm always the before. Because you have a, a real fat guy, a fat guy or a fat woman there, and you'll have their picture, and then you'll have the new one, and they'll be like, This stuff is awesome. I'm skinny, and I'm popular now, and people like me, and they do, you know, they go, They're bearing witness to the fact that what they did worked. We need to be and, and to bear witness to the fact. That God is real. I want us to, I want the praise team to come this morning. I want you to know that this morning, I'm not talking about getting saved today, I'm talking about a complete surrender of being filled with the Holy Spirit. To where your life proves the existence of God. We was at district assembly a couple of weeks ago. And one of the uh, people that were there said this, said this fact. that the, the church of the, the Nazarene has been doing a study. And it's, it's not just in our church. It's in the church, the evangelical church across America. We're losing our kids, and they're leaving the church. And they say the number one reason that our kids are leaving church, and this is what the kids are saying, because they've asked them. This is the number one reason. They said, we don't believe it's real. We don't believe it's real. And what they're saying is, I've watched the church. I've watched the people in the church. I've watched how they live, and I don't believe God exists. Not my, not my facts. I'm just telling it the way it is. Our kids that are growing up in church are watching us and their parents and they're saying, just from what I see, I don't believe God exists. God has called us to be filled with these Holy Spirit so that our life shows the existence of of God does your life show that this morning I want us to stand like I said I'm not talking about getting saved this morning I'm talking about looking in the mirror today and being really honest. And saying, Does, if, if, God, if people look at me, would they believe that God even exists? Do I live a faithful life? Would, would, do my kids see me? Li- we talked about it in Sunday school this morning. Do my, are my kids seeing me live a faithful life? Are they hearing me say one thing at church and, and saying something else at home? Are they watching me say, this is what you need to do, but when they watch me in my business dealings, are they seeing something else? Would anyone believe that God existed by watching your life? See, that's what we're here for. We're not here to take up room and convert oxygen into carbon dioxide. That's not what we're here for. Jesus said, the only reason I came was to bear witness to the truth was so that people could see my life and show that God really does exist, and that's what you're here for. Does your life do that this morning? I'm not trying to embarrass you or anything like that. I'm just saying, are we going to be honest and do this? Will your kids know who Jesus is by watching your life? Will your kids believe that God exists by watching your life? Will your coworkers believe that God exists by watching your life? Well, the people you talk to on Facebook believe that God exists by the way you communicate on social media? This is the word today. I want you to be honest. Let's just be, hey, let's just be honest. This is a church. This is, there's no shame here. You might say, well, you know, that's, that's not, that's, I, I don't believe that that's what's happening in my life. Pastor, what do I need to do? come and surrender yourself completely let the holy spirit fill you up so that you can be don't act don't act like a witness be a witness well what are people going to say you know i've been coming to church for a long time i've been saved for a long time what are people going to say hallelujah praise the lord thank god you've walked the same road we've all had to walk We'll just rejoice with you. Let the Lord speak to you as we sing our song this morning. The altars are open. Come if you need to pray.